The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. So let's put our hands together as we welcome Pastor Shola Adewale to bring the word of God to us as we has together for the Lord, for the Lord, for the Lord, for the Lord. Keep clapping, keep clapping, keep clapping. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So some of us are extreme with things. And, um, you know, I'm 50 next year, so... It's not easy to change when you get to a certain age. So when I want to do anything at all, as in anything, I'm extreme. So if we say praise the Lord, can we really, really like praise him and jam those hands together and make a joyful noise unto the Lord? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we can never thank you enough. If we had a thousand tongues, there would not be enough to thank you. For how could we thank you enough for life, for health, for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, for counting those of us who are not a people and making us your people? How could we thank you enough for eternal life with you? Please accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you because of the great plans that we see in your word that you have for each and every one of us. Father, I pray that today you would help us to realign to those plans so that we can be all that you ordained us to be in Jesus' name. Speak to us, Heavenly Father. Change someone's life today for the best. And the end, we ask that your Holy Spirit will glorify you here in Jesus' name. Thank you for the wonderful work that you are doing in this church. Thank you, Lord, for every single member of this church. Thank you for the leaders here. And we thank you for your son and daughter, Pastor Femi and Pastor Damilola. Thank you, Lord, for Tehila. Thank you for the great testimonies that you have given them and that you're still going to give them. We ask, Father, that their path and the path of every member of this house will shine brighter and brighter until that perfect day. Thank you, Most High God. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, we, we live in a world, it's okay, I know you want to sit down, but that's, it's good exercise, you know. We're all trying to be fit. So standing up and sitting is part of the exercise. Um, we live in a very connected world. We have uh, almost an unlimited number of social media handles. But there are many of us who don't even know our next-door neighbors, right? We live next to someone. I mean, if there was any need to call your neighbor, uh, some of you don't even know their phone numbers. Anybody like me? Anybody like that here? I mean, not neighbor in church. I mean, neighbor at home. Really, you guys are better than me in many ways, right? Um, but in church... If you are sitting next to someone and you don't know them, raise your hand. I mean, you don't know them well enough. Okay. So, okay, look around you. Can you see people here that you don't know? All right. So, look for 12 people that you have never met before. 
and just introduce yourself to them, right? Get to know them, right? Don't, don't be religious this morning. Yeah? Get to know someone. Make someone welcome. I think I've met you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Bless you. Thanks. Amen. Make a new friend today. seven, then you can take your seats and you meet the remaining five after the service. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. And then you may please be seated. Thank you very much. Thank you, choir. Amen. I want to say a big thank you to uh, my dear brother uh, and friend, and sometimes we call ourselves comrades. <laughs> That's, that you don't, know the, you don't need to know that part of the story. Uh, we're militants in many ways together. Uh, I want to thank Pastor Femi and Pastor Damla for the privilege to fellowship with you and to bring the word today. Um, I am absolutely in love with what God is doing here. Uh, interestingly, I was speaking at an engagement a few weeks ago, and I was speaking to a lady who said she lived around here, and she and her husband were trying to settle in a church. And I said, oh, you know, I know this great church, you know, on this side of town. Um, and, and by the way, I'm preaching there at the end of the morning. He said, actually, we've been to that church, and we're considering settling in that church. Uh, so I was glad to see her here in the uh, first service uh, this morning. I, I pray that what God is doing here uh, will go from one level of glory to the other in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I said to them in the first service, uh, the, the great things that God is doing here don't come from being distant from God. Don't come from being uh, just a regular Christian. It comes from uh, paying the sacrifice and being committed to the cause of, God, of Christ. And um, we, as you know, God's favorite house, God's favorite children, let us follow in the tradition of the house and be God's favorite people in every area of our lives. Amen? Amen. Um, I bring a message uh, today uh, titled, uh, Living as God Intended. Um, and I had brought a message in the first service titled, uh, Living as God Intended. And that was basically just trying to uh, create um, a hunger and a thirst in everyone who was here to know the kind of life that God intended. And uh, in the second service, uh, and don't worry, you won't miss too much because I trust that you will go online and listen to the first service. But even if you didn't, uh, I will connect the two. I bring a second part of that message, uh, and I've titled it uh, Spiritual Disciplines, uh, that uh, essential spiritual disciplines that help us to live as God intended. If you just shorten it and say essential spiritual disciplines, you are fine. Amen? Amen. Um, and it's going to be a bit more, um, shall I say, intense than the first service uh, and, and, and practical. Uh, so let's read 3 John 2 together. Uh, 3 John uh, chapter 1, verse 2. There's only one chapter in 3 John. Uh, 
It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And if you like the prosperate version, that's fine too. Amen. So like I said, we're going to try to break this down a little bit. We ended this first service by explaining that uh, spiritual prosperity is at the core of all the other uh, uh, elements of prosperity, financial and physical. But exa exactly, what exactly is spiritual prosperity? And this is a connection to the first service. What exactly does it mean to prosper spiritually? I hope you noted in that verse that we read that it is God's intention that we prosper on all ends, all areas of our lives. The Bible tells us in Genesis 24, verse 35, that God blessed Abraham in all things. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1, the Bible says, God gave David rest from all his enemies. And so I pray for you because the Bible says Jesus Christ uh, is of the seed of Abraham and is of the seed of David. I pray for you that the God who blessed Abraham in all things will also bless you in all things in Jesus' name. I said that prayer and I want to say it again. Let me give you a bit of background. Maybe you are not like me, but I am one of those people who believe that nothing is impossible with God. I don't believe that I should settle for less. Uh, and that's why I settled for a beautiful wife. Amen? So, so yesterday we went for a party, an 80-year-old party. I hope none of them is here. And we met my wife's uh, classmates. Uh, they left secondary school in 1990, and um, she was introducing me to them, and I was like, ah, you mean these people are your mates? <laughs> i leave the joke there. <laughs> but seriously speaking, I don't believe that God cannot give me the best. When I'm privileged to go out with my family to a restaurant, or we go to a hotel, or we're traveling, or something, my, my kids know uh, and everybody knows that I will not rest until I get the best. So I want to pray for you because God says he has great plans for you. And it will be to you according to your faith. The Bible says before now you had asked nothing. He said ask until your joy is what? Full. I pray that in the smallest areas of your life, in every single area of your life, God will bless you in all things in Jesus' name. I pray that the God who gave David rest over all his enemies will give you victory over every opposition in your life. In Jesus' name. What exactly is this spiritual prosperity that makes all these things possible? There are at least three major dimensions of spiritual prosperity. The first one is intimacy with God, friendship with God. And you'll find that in James chapter 2 verse 23. The Bible says, because Abraham followed God, he believed God, he was credited to him as righteousness, therefore, he was known as a friend of God. And I don't need to preach to you about intimacy with God, because if somebody said to you that he's intimate with the president of Nigeria, not just a minister, but he's in the president's inner caucus, you know that his testimony has come. You don't agree. Even in the era of anti-corruption, he doesn't need to be corrupt. He's sorted. 
But the God I'm talking about that wants to be intimate with you is the president of presidents. After presidents have gone and died, God remains God. Spiritual prosperity is being intimate with that God. And the word of God says that nobody can be intimate with him unless God draws the person. So I'm praying for you again that God will draw you to himself. I pray that God will give you an insatiable hunger and thirst for himself. That you will not know rest until you are enjoying the presence of God. And the Bible says in the presence of God there is what? Fullness of joy. So your joy will be full by your intimacy with him in Jesus' name. Spiritual prosperity also means empowerment to subdue your enemies. It is possible to subdue your enemies. You see, whenever we hear that Christians are running away from their enemies or are afraid of their enemies, it is usually a sign that they are weak in their Christianity. Indeed, the word of God says that uh, the wicked man runs when nobody is chasing him. Right? Uh, but it is possible to subdue your enemies, whether they be physical or spiritual. And you may turn around and say, oh, well, pastor, don't worry. I don't believe in all that enemy business. I don't have enemies. It's because you are small. It's because you are inconsequential. If you, if you are consequential, if you decide that you are going to succeed in whatever you need to do, even if men are not your enemies, spiritual enemies will rise. <laughs> and you will find that in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 13. Ephesians 6, 10 to 13, the Bible is very clear. It says we do not wrestle against what? Flesh and blood, but all kinds of spiritual forces, wickedness in high places, you know, uh, principalities, powers, and all kinds of enemies. In, in 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 9 to 14, 2 Kings 1, 9 to 14, Elijah, going on the assignments that God sent him, prophesying and doing the work of God, a king suddenly decided to attack him and sent hosts of soldiers to go and arrest him. But because Elijah was prosperous spiritually, he said that if I be a man of God, let fire fall down. How many of you would like to say that kind of thing when somebody tries to stand in your way? <laughs> and the Bible says fire fell. In Acts chapter 13, verse 5 to 12, Apostle Paul was ministering. I'm trying to tell you that even in just doing the right thing, the Bible says those who will follow Christ will suffer persecution. Even in just doing the right thing, just not disturbing anybody, just doing your work, enemies will rise. But you need to be empowered to overcome them. Paul was preaching, and then one man came and started trying to stand in the way, and Paul said to him, be blind for a season. <laughs> That's power, brother. Is there anybody who wants to be that influential in the spiritual realm? May God give you that power in Jesus' name. Spiritual prosperity also means access to open heavens and shut the heavens at will. There are some of us, if we will tell each other the truth, when we look at our lives, it appears as if the heavens have been shut. It appears as if when everybody else is excelling in something, once you get involved, the thing doesn't work anymore. But that can change. Because we see that there was a man called Elijah as well, who the Bible says was a man of like passions. A man like you and I. In fact, he used to get angry once in a while. He used to also get discouraged once in a while. 
He used to get afraid once in a while. But because he stood in the presence of God regularly, one day he looked at a king, a heathen king, a king who had missed his way, and said, well, there shall be no rain in this land until I say so. I say this to you in the name of the God before whom I stand. And the rain, the heavens shut. And then one day when he was ready again, he prayed and the rain fell. How many of you would like to shut the heavens over your enemies? How many of you would like to declare open heavens, whether you are living in Canada, and I know you like that, <laughs> or in London, or in Nigeria, or in Nigeria, and wherever you step to do your business, you declare open heavens over the place. How many of you would like that kind of testimony? God will give it to you in Jesus' name. Why do I need to have spiritual prosperity? I will run through this very quickly, and I want you to pay attention. Spiritual prosperity is central to the attainment of material prosperity. In Isaiah chapter 45, verse 1 to 3, the Bible tells us something that people do are not Christians know. And they practice. Even though they pay a price for it here and in eternity, the Bible tells us that there are things that we call hidden riches in dark places. There is wealth that you don't know in places. I'll give you an example. Talking about how spirituality is central to your own material prosperity. There is a man was no longer young, but about 20-something years ago, he had a deep relationship with his pastor, where his pastor was mentoring him. And his pastor said to him, he, his man was a graduate, but he was a boss conductor. He did all kinds of jobs, trying to succeed. But then his pastor said to him, listen carefully, I'm going to tell you some things. And that pastor also happens to Pastor Femi's pastor. <laughs> if you know Pastor Femi's pastor, then you know. <laughs> And that pastor told this man, go and start cleaning the prayer foyer at a location where pastors in a particular church preach, pray before the service. He had, you know, this man was a cleaner. You know, he had a, a cleaning outfit. Just go and sow this seed and don't collect money. And he began to do the same. He, he followed what his pastor taught him. Uh, the last time I had the privilege to meet with that man a few months ago, the kind of wealth that he was controlling. In fact, if anybody dies in Lagos today and they have money to get a slot to bury in, his, in the cemetery that he, he owns, you pay at least three million naira, And those are the, the smaller vaults. Because spirituality controls what? Material prosperity. True material prosperity. True. The true one that lasts is, the, is first of all determined in the spirit. The Bible says that the, the blessings of the Lord, they did what? They make rich and add no sorrow. It took Abraham's friendship with God for him to begin to prosper materially. Abraham was 75 years old and he was living in his father's house. That time and now, that's not a very good testimony. All 
himself and his three brothers, they were all living in their father's house. Not because the father had an estate too. <laughs> no, no, no. Not because his father had several houses. That's not a problem. But they were all living clustered, nomadic people. But the Bible says that in Genesis 12, God called Abraham and get out of your father's house. He followed God. And between that time and Genesis 13, Abraham began to build altars unto the Lord. Began to worship God and pay certain sacrifices to the spiritual. By Genesis 13 verse 1 to 2, the testimony of Abraham was that God had begun to bless him. God had begun to prosper him. Because the spiritual began to bring wealth into, this, into his hands. In, verse, in, 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 verse, uh, in Genesis 13, verse 1 to 2, if you read the whole story, the Bible tells us in that whole Genesis 13 that after a time, the land could not contain the... Pros- the you know, this is a man who was living in his father's house before. But all of a sudden, God had so enlarged him that the, 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 where they lived could not contain himself and Lot. I pray for someone here today that God will enlarge your capacity. That the kind of prosperity that God will give you this year, you won't have enough room to take it in Jesus' name. Spiritual prosperity is central to the preservation of material prosperity. Because it is possible to get wealth and to lose it. There are people that I have known in the almost three decades of working in this city of Lagos, who are yesterday's men, who were high and mighty before. But because they did not preserve their spiritual prosperity, the kind of prayer and fasting they were praying when they were climbing, they couldn't pray it anymore. And I can tell you for free that that is a reality people face as they rise in life. You see, when you're unemployed and your business is suffering, you can decide to pray from 8 a.m. in the morning till 8 p.m. At least you are very busy. But when you suddenly become a big boy in the organization you are working, and they say there's a meeting at 8 o'clock, in order to make it to the meeting, sometimes you wake up early and you don't have enough time to pray as much. And the devil loves that very much. So he will do everything possible to cut off your source of supply. But he will fail in your case in Jesus' name. Many people have fallen and crashed down because they did not preserve their spiritual core. I pray that you'll be wiser in Jesus' name. Genesis 25 verse 8 to 10 tells us that Abraham did not just start to prosper. He prospered to the very end. But the Bible says when he died at 175 years old, he died of a good old age. And he was buried in a private vault. And he left inheritance for all his generation after him. I pray that whatever prosperity that God gives you, it will last. That you will not keep going up and coming down. That that cycle of rising and falling will end today in Jesus' name. I pray that prayer for you from the bottom of my heart because I said I shared a story with them at the end of the first service. I tell people it is better not to have prospered and then to begin to prosper than for you to have risen high in life and then you fall. It can be very traumatic. And if you are here and you are going through that season, I pray that God will restore you in Jesus' name. Human beings are very wonderful. Very, very wonderful. They invite you to a wedding. Oh, if you don't come, I'll be annoyed. If you don't come for this birthday, it's because you are good to have around. The day you lose your job or your business goes down, then you know 
that truly the arm of flesh will uh, fail you. Then you will know clearly what the Bible says when it says that the poor man is hated even by his own brothers. That's why I pray for someone here that God who is lifting you up will not let you come down. And if you are down, I pray that God will lift you up in Jesus' name. Spiritual prosperity is central to the attainment of physical prosperity. It was because Abraham had a covenant with God. Not a contract. Not a friendship. He had a covenant with God that was caught in Genesis chapter 15 that God ensured that his heart's desire was granted. I'm sure you know that Abraham is famous for giving birth to who? Isaac. That was his heart's desire. In Genesis 22, when God was going to ask him to sacrifice Isaac, God says, your son, the one you want, love. And that's the one I want. Don't mistakenly give me Ishmael. <laughs> All his life till he was 100, that's what he prayed for. But he took a covenant with God. You know, in Genesis 15, Abraham said to God, no, God was saying to him, oh, I'll give you this child. I'll give you... Ah, Abraham sparked for God. Say, ah, is it this Eliza of Damascus that we inherit all this money you are giving me? I want my own child for my loins. And God said, no problem. Let's, let's start with a covenant. And God cut a covenant with Abraham, circumcised him in the foreskin of his flesh at 90 years old and nine. And that's only when Isaac came. Did somebody get that one? It takes a covenant. It takes a covenant. It doesn't, it's not a distance. It's not a dating relationship. It's not a relationship that you come and go. It takes a routine, a routine, a planting for the heart desire to be granted. I don't know if there's anybody who has a heart desire that they are trusting the almighty God for. God is inviting you into a covenantal relationship with him. And as the Lord lives, you will receive that heart desire in Jesus' name. But then, spiritual prosperity is central to the preservation of this physical prosperity. It took Abraham's covenant with God to ensure that Abraham not only was succeeded by his son, his sons, he had many children after that, and his grandchildren. In Genesis 26, verse 1 to 5, God said to Isaac, he said, I will prosper you because I have a covenant with who? Your father. Because your father followed me. Your father obeyed me. You know, there are people who leave a terrible inheritance for their children. There are people who, because of their behavior, they leave a curse for their children. I, when I was a younger pastor, still a young pastor, one fellow came to see me one day in the office, a member of our church at the time. And he, it was obvious to him and to everybody that he was really facing spiritual battles in life. So he decided to come and talk to me. And I, led by the Spirit of God, I asked him certain questions. And he told me some very sickening things that I would not tell you today because they are very gross. But the one that is maybe, maybe when you hear this one, you know how bad the others were. This was this probably the safest one I can tell you. He lived in the same house with his father and his brother. And he had a niece, a little girl living with them at the time, before he came to our church and gave his life to Christ. His father and himself and his brother were sleeping with this their niece. 
they only woke up when the girl got pregnant. Less than 15-year-old girl or 16-year-old girl got pregnant. And that's when, of course, they got into all kinds of trouble. He left home. So he came. If you can say, ah, at that, you can imagine if I tell you the others. <laughs> so there are some people who inherited that kind of problem, that kind of a curse, that kind of, kind of wahala from their, you know, forebears. But Isaac, Abraham was different. He, he, he has such a holy heritage that the Bible tells us in Galatians 3.29 that any of us today who is in Christ, we are the seed of who? Abraham. Therefore, inheritance to the promise of God to bless Abraham and make him a blessing. Is there anybody who is hungry for spiritual prosperity here today? That will be your portion in Jesus' name. So, there are certain disciplines. There are certain disciplines that help you to access spiritual prosperity. And I will try to run through them very quickly in the time that I have. The first one is self-sacrifice. You see, we call them disciplines because they are not easy stuff. That's why I warned you earlier that it's going to be a bit steamy, this second service. Psalm 126 verse 6 says that those who go forth bearing their seed in tears shall doubtless return with their harvests with rejoicing. So the things I'm about to share with you, the three or four things I want to share with you now may come across as hard stuff. But if you are a member of a church like God's favorite house, it should be easy for you to bear because like I said earlier, <laughs> it takes a lot for you to be where you are in nine years. So the first one is self-what? Self-sacrifice. A readiness to die for the things of God. As in die. A readiness to say, if this thing will kill me, let it kill me. And we see an example in Abraham's life. In Genesis 18, verse 17 to 33. Genesis 18, 17 to 33. Should I continue? <laughs> Does anybody still want spiritual prosperity? <laughs> okay. Because I kind of notice that some people are... <laughs> Lucky people don't like all this self-sacrifice. Uh, well, this is God's favorite house, of course. I come in this morning, early in the morning, and I saw one restaurant already open at past seven. I said, ah. <laughs> God was on his way to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah because he said the sins of Sodomy and the perversion in Sodom and Gomorrah had come out to him. But then he said, I'm going to talk to my friend Abraham about it before I go. And Abraham stood before God. Now, do you think God was really excited when he was going to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah? I doubt it very much. I think God was really angry. And this is a God who the Bible says that on the day of judgment, the heaven and earth will flee before him. This is a God that the Bible says when he's going, a fire, a consuming fire goes before him. And Abraham stood in God's presence and begged 
for Sodom and Gomorrah. Begged for them. Oh God, if you find 100 people, if you find 50, if you find 30, if you find 50, if you find, okay, if it's only five. <laughs> At that moment, Abraham was endangering whose life? His own life. He stood as an intercessor. My question to you, first of all, this morning, what part of your own life looks like an intercession? In what area of your life can it be said that you are standing in the gap? In prayer, in sacrifice, in witnessing, in giving of yourself. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2, that it is by presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice that we can connect with the acceptable will of God for our lives. Self-sacrifice. Oh, I know you fast regularly here. Glory be to God. But like I like to say to the people in our church, I trust that you are different here. It's good to fast corporately. It's very good. Because everybody knows we're all fasting. But there's a higher level. And what is that higher level? Is that you, by yourself, without telling anybody, decide I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast and pray. And the secret is between who? You and God. And you are fasting. Just pouring yourself. And denying yourself. That's how spiritual things come to life. That's how they come to life. So that by the time you join together with other people who are doing the same, a big revival sparks off. Self-sacrifice. Number two, sacrifice to the spirit. You see, there is a principle in the word of God called sowing to the spirit. You will find it in Galatians chapter 6 verse 8. It says those who sow to the Spirit, they reap of the Spirit. That's what Abraham was doing from Genesis chapter 12. Do you know that between Genesis 12 verse 7 verse 8, Genesis 13 chapter 4 verse 18, this man called Abraham kept building altars to God. Altars, 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 altars. So that by the time we get to Genesis 22, when God said to him, I want Isaac, there was an altar ready to put the only beloved son he had to put it on the altar. <laughs> Are you still sure you want spiritual prosperity? You need to build altars too. And I'm not talking of necessarily physical altars. I'm just saying there are things you must put on the altar regularly for God. I say, I'm doing this. I don't, I'm not doing it for anybody at all. You must ask yourself, why was Abraham such an altar man? Why? In 1 Kings 19 or chapter 18, when, when they wanted to when Abraham said to the children of Israel, why are you neither here nor there? Let's build an altar. The God who answers by fire, let him be God. If, <laughs> if 
Elijah did not put an altar down, no fire would have fallen. How do I build an altar? Learn to make spiritual sacrifices of your time. We live in a world now where people go to church or do the things of God because it is convenient for them. No, that's not how to be spiritual. Learn to make spiritual sacrifices of your substance. Oh, oh, we are tithing. No, decide today, if you have not already done so, that, for example, you will look at something in this church. And I know that where we are today, by God's grace, is a product of the sacrifices of many of us, if not all of us. And say, no, no, from now on, I'm going to pay a sacrifice. I'm going to be the one in charge of whatever the need is. Pastor, just forget about that. That's just what I'm going to do. I will do this. I will sow this thing. That's my altar. That's between God and I. Everybody must have an altar. The people of the world know that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think one of the times I came here recently, I, I was in, in school in the U.S. And I was, you know, there for a couple of years with my family. And at one time, we wanted to rent a house. In fact, not only once, I saw it. And you get into an Asian man's house. You know, my wife had, you know, and, you know one of her, her employers at the time, rich, wealthy Indian family. And they were taking us around their house. Then they took us to one room. <laughs> and you entered, you know, just, you didn't enter, just, <laughs> they can't even enter. Serious shrine. There are one or two supermarkets in Lagos who are like that, so if you pay attention. The people of the world have altars. Our own altar is not made of human hands. It's not of candles and all those things. What signifies that you are creating an altar anywhere is that you put a sacrifice down. That I am doing this thing as a living what? Sacrifice. When God sees that you have gone beyond the crowd, he will deepen his intimacy with you. Soul winning. I am going to win a hundred souls. I'm going to follow up this family until every one of them is saved. I will give my car every Sunday to do runs and drive people up and down. <laughs> do you know that in any marriage that is deep, some people are making sacrifices. I have been pastoring now for over close to two decades. I've been saved for 23 years. I'm in ministry almost from the next year of my salvation. And I can tell you that any marriage where there's, oh, there's fights, uh, this, there's uh, distance, is because somebody is not ready to make a sacrifice. The same thing it is with God. If you are going to be intimate with God. You need to make major what? Sacrifices to the spiritual realm. There is a difference between sacrifices to human beings and sacrifices to the spiritual realm. And that's what Jesus did in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 to 11. Philippians 2 5, 5 to 11. The word of God said, let this mind be in you that was where? In Christ Jesus. Who was equal with God. But he came and humbled himself and endured the cross and died like a commoner, like a criminal. 
And the Bible says, for this reason, God had given him which kind of name? A name above every other name. Spiritual sacrifice. Number three, diligent attention and radical obedience to God's word will help you to grow deeper spiritually. Now, the word of God says that friendship with the world is enmity with God. The day you say you want to be spiritually strong so that you can open heavens at will, so that God can um, obey your voice. And I know some people will say, ah, that's blasphemy. Do you know there was a man in the Bible? It's in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. God said to this man, he said, be strong and of a good courage. He says, pay attention, diligent attention to the word of God. Don't turn to it to the left or to the right. Meditate on it day and night. He said, that way you will make your way prosperous. That man was called Joshua. So one day this man, in pursuit of his assignment, sowing to the spirit, the enemies came against him. And he said, aha, I, <laughs> I have power with God. The Bible says that man looked up to heaven and commanded God. Say, shut the heavens. <laughs> don't let this, don't let the, the sun go down. Don't, don't let it recede. I want to deal with this rule. The Bible said it had never happened before in history that God should obey the voice of a man. Is there anybody who wants that kind of thing to happen in their lives? <laughs> Joshua didn't get that by coming to church when he liked if you go and read the story of, of Joshua, when everybody had left, Joshua would stay in the tent, outside the tent, waiting. People may call you rigid. They may call you uncompromising. <laughs> Even your family may say you are too hard. But if you are interested in anything called spiritual prosperity at all, read Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 to 14. You will understand that if you become someone, grace is good. I'm a child of grace. <laughs> if, if not for grace, I'm not even supposed to be allowed to enter a church, not to talk of mountain pulpit. That's the story for another day. Over dinner one day, I will tell you if you want. But hey, the word of God says, can I continue in sin and ask God to multiply grace to me? Pay diligent attention. If God says this thing is supposed to be like this, Ask him how high. Not, you know, somebody called me, you know, was chatting with me through my wife the other day and was asking about tithe. So the person had chopped their tithe. You know what it means to chop your tithe, right? The person had not tithed for maybe six months. And started asking questions. You know, there's, you know, scriptures about how to redeem your tithe when you are unfaithful with it. And started saying, okay, is it the gross... Is it the... So I can get a bit irritable when people are playing with things of God. So I said, I just replied, they asked me, I said, you know, let's not worry. If you like, pay... This is a, tithing is a matter of honor to God. If you want to give something to your own earthly father, by the time you start asking him, eh, Daddy, should I do it like this? Are you sure you want this kind of uh, thing? Are you really sure you want this? Should I do it? You have brought shame into the discussion. So, 
No, no, no. It's between you and God. Do what? Do how much is your tithe that you want to stop uh, disturb me, everybody? <laughs> Whereas, the real detail about tithing is that it's the first thing that should leave your income. It's the first thing before you you you, you have gone to buy the shoe. You bought the mobile phone and said, "By the way, God, I have eaten out of the title. Come and take uh, the rest." It's not acceptable. Diligent attention. Diligent attention. I want to get married. The word of God says, oh, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. You met this boy because you say you have been waiting. The boy, you say, which church do you go to? You say, I go to one church once in a while. Who is your pastor? I don't really have any pastor. I don't like pastors. I don't want to be, you know, too close to them. Now, if you go ahead without giving the boy the chance to get himself grounded. Whatever you find inside, you have to also enjoy it too. That's how it works. We, we, you know, that our pastors used to teach us that the comforter, he will do what? He will also comfort you inside. Diligent attention. And then finally, daily pursuit of God's pleasure and presence. The more quality time you spend in the spirit, the more spiritual you will become. I repeat that. The more quality time you spend in the spirit, in the things of God, the more spiritual you will become. That includes time alone with God. Today there is enough that is making sure that very most of us don't have quality time with God. I beg of you in the name of Jesus. Because of all that we have talked about, the benefits of spiritual prosperity, learn to get alone with God. I believe that it's good to start your day with God. I believe so with all my heart. The word of God says that those who seek God early will do what? Find him. But please don't be under condemnation. If for any reason the quiet time didn't happen in the morning, Please, before you sleep at night, eh? when you are sitting in that traffic for three hours, put on your earphones and do what? Commune with your maker. Don't let a, the sun go down without you connecting with heaven. Connect with him. I told you about Samuel earlier. Samuel lived in the temple. And the Bible says that when Samuel entered the city, the people shivered. God did not allow a word from his hand, from his mouth, to fall to the ground. One day, a king, King Saul, touched his garment. The garment tore. And Samuel opened his mouth and said, As you tore my garment, thus you have torn your kingdom. And that was the beginning of a problem for, for King Saul. Learn to spend quality time alone with God. Learn to spend quality time in the presence of fellow Christians because the Bible says iron does what? No matter how spiritual you are, if you spend time with people who are not going to heaven, I did say you should not witness to them, but if all your leisure time is spent with your relations and your friends, whose favorite pastimes is the pastors that are committing adultery, the pastors who are not good politicians, the pastors, if that's what you spend, I guarantee you, in five weeks, every spirituality in you 
will disappear. And there are people in the church too who are like that. That's why Psalm 1 verse 1 to 3 says, Blessed is the man who does not dwell eh? <laughs> in the counsel of the ungodly, who avoids people who scorn the things of God. There are many Christians who, whose pursuit, one of the things that by God's grace endeared me to Pastor Femi Monei in my early days as a believer is that whenever we got together, I still tell the story still today, all we talked about at the beginning until now is how we're going to advance ourselves as a Christian. He was a Christian much longer earlier than me. He baptized me. I can never forget the day one day. <laughs> it was so interesting. I don't know if he's told you guys all that story. I'm done, so let me tell you one or two stories. One day we had a meeting with our pastor, a prayer meeting or so. Then the pastor got stuck in traffic somewhere. Myself, him, and one other pastor. We were in one small church office. There no lights. We were using candles. I would never forget. We just, instead of sitting there and abusing the pastor who, who brought all of us and didn't uh, come on time, instead of worrying about the light, we just opened Acts chapter 2 from verse 42 to 47. This will be like 1997 or 98, and I have not forgotten. We studied line by line, Acts 2, 42 to 48, 47, the end of. We finished studying that night and we started praying in tongues. Only God knows when we finished. Was that a good use of our time? In those days, our pastor, sometimes maybe he will go, he was a business, he was a builder, he, you know, all kinds of traffic, he didn't have a driver. And then we will be praising God in church, oh, praising God. Great pastor, but you know, life circumstances. At a moment's notice, they will say, oh yeah, Pastor Femi, or Pastor Lula, will you preach the word? And like fire. Without any, we didn't have to spend one month. So today when I say we should preach, they say, oh, Pastor, you have to give me one month. I say, how? If you greet me alone, I can preach you a, I'll preach you a storm. <laughs> Give the glory to God. It comes from spending quality time in his presence. Avoid people who fight. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man will. Whether they are Christians or bishops or they are whoever, make sure that you guard your space. Guard your space. Whatever you do, my brother and my sister, making an intentional activity that you will nourish your spirit. Our sister spoke about a meal plan. Pay attention to the food you eat, but by all means, pay attention to the spiritual food that you want. Put us some good worship music regularly and just be praying in tongues. One of the most spiritually prosperous people in the Bible was a man called Apostle Paul. One day he said, I thank my God. I pray in tongues more than who? All of you. He had amazing revelation. The Bible says, handkerchiefs of his body raised and healed and cast out demons. This morning as I bring the word to an end, I want to challenge you to make a decision today that you are going to be a spiritual person. Because once you have power in the spirit, you have power in the physical. You can control things in the spiritual. You can determine the course of things in your office. You can determine the course of things in your business. But you see, all of this grammar is only possible if you are born of the spirit. You see, it doesn't matter how much rice 
or food that you give the child of a goat, the offspring of a goat, it can never become a lion. Do you agree with me? If you like, feed the chicken. Feed, feed it best chicken feed. It can never become a lion. Your spiritual prosperity can never start until you are born, first of all, into the family of God. People have tried it by attending church. I tried it to myself. By being regular in church. They have tried it by joining the choir. Some have even tried it by becoming a pastor. But you see, sooner than later, the Bible says in 2 Timothy, it said, nevertheless, the foundation of the Lord stands sure. The Lord knows those who are his. So as we bring the service, the word to a close, I want to make two calls very quickly. If you are here, and you are saying, Lord, if my spiritual prosperity will bring me, will catalyze, activate prosperity in other areas of my life. If my spiritual prosperity will preserve prosperity in other areas of my life, I want to grow spiritually from now on. I want to come closer. I know there are one or two people here this morning who are saying, Pastor, would you please pray with me? I want to come closer to God. I want to hand over the affairs of my life. I want to be born of the Spirit so that my life is no longer limited by enemies, by life circumstances. I want to be able to command the heavens to open over my business. I want heaven to heed my voice. I'd like to pray with you in a moment. But then, as those ones are coming, if there's anybody here, oh, you know I'm born again, but my, my, the anointing, the spirit of God in me has drained. It happens to the best one of us. But the word of God says the fire must never go down on the altar. You are here, you feel that you have been drained spiritually through the pursuit of life. I want to invite you for two or three minutes to let us pray in tongues together. And I'm sure you know three minutes of praying in tongues won't fill you. But it's just to get a taste. I want you to go home tonight and spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour, three hours and pray in tongues and you will see a change in your life. Shall we bow our heads as we pray? to ask, Father, what are you saying to me, Lord? What are you saying to me this morning? What are you saying to me, Lord? Thank you, Lord Jesus.
So first of all, if you are here today and you want to grow stronger spiritually, the word of God says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Life has chanced you enough. You are saying, I want to take my place as a son of the Most High God, as a daughter of the Most High God. I have lost my inheritance in many places. So I want to start all over again with Jesus Christ today. Would you please lift up your hand wherever you are? Just lift it up above your head. Just lift up your hand so that the ushers can see you. Say, Lord, I, I, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ afresh today. I want a new beginning. If you are raising your hand, raise it above your head so that we can see your hand. Just raise it above your head and say, today, everything that God has planned for me, I want to possess. God bless you, sister. God bless you. God bless you. If you are raising up your hand, raise it up above your head. Oh, you may say, oh, I have I've given my life to Christ. But you know, you know, you know that you have gone astray and you want to start afresh today. Is there anybody else here who say, Pastor, please pray with me. I'm about to pray now. So I, I want a new beginning. God bless you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And there's another hand here. God bless you. God bless you. Raise it loud. That's the best decision you can ever make in your life. The Bible says you are clay. I am clay. God is a potter. He planned you to be a lion, but you have been living as a cat. He wanted you to be mighty, but you have been small. Demons have been seizing your things, and you are saying, no, I want to possess my possessions now. This is the final call, either for the first time of giving your life to Christ, or you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. Will you lift up that hand wherever you are? Just lift it up. God bless you. There's another hand here. Lift it. Lift it above your hand. Lift, lift it. Lift it. Okay, I can't see everybody, but why don't you just rise? Rise. Just rise on your feet. I want to pray with you wherever you are. Just rise on your feet. If you are that fellow, if you raise up your hand, just rise on your feet. Got a card in your hand, just, just rise on your feet. I'd like to pray with you. Just, just God bless you, brother. God bless you. Even if you don't have a card, but you have decided now that you, you want to be born of the Spirit. You want to be born again and you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to rededicate your life to him. Why don't you rise on your feet? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your sons and daughters who are on their feet. Your word says that nobody who comes to you will you turn back under any circumstance. Lord, I pray that you will receive them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that everything that is their inheritance as the seed of Abraham, now that they are in Christ, Father, begin to release to them in Jesus' name. Your word says, as many as received Jesus, to them you gave the power to be sons of God. The power to overcome the enemy. The power to open heavens over their lives and shut the heavens over their enemies. Father, release to them today in Jesus' name. Father, from now until eternity, let everyone who truly belongs to you here and the families that we represent, begin to live life as you originally intended in Jesus name thank you heavenly father in Jesus mighty name we have prayed amen now if you receive the card I'm sure that you will minister to but in the three minutes or so I'm going to go and take my seat but before the pastor comes up just to welcome him with fire I want all of us to rise and just pray in tongues learn to pray in tongues just for the fun of it and receive you know it's like it's like uh, these rechargeable cars you know
go ahead, just recharge ourselves in the Holy Spirit. Just for the next three minutes or so. God bless you. And see you soon.